Our reading this morning is from the book of Psalms. We're reading all of Psalm 96. And as you listen to this, see if you recognize lyrics that you sing in hymns modern day that come from this ancient text. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. This is the word of the Lord. One of my favorite things about being a musician um, is having the opportunity to interpret the music of others. Um, I uh, am not a lyricist at heart. I am not a composer at heart. But I have such utmost reverence for people who choose this as their field of artistic expression. And as a student, you really learn to become a detective about who these people are. Um, why they chose to write the music they did, why the lyrics sound the way they do, why the composer chose certain lyrics, what it means, how everything on the page leads to some kind of uh, idea. And uh, the more information that you can gather, I have found, the more you can do justice to the original vision of those artists. And uh, for me, uh, using the medium of text, as I do for either solo, choral, vocal music, or choral music, um, uh, it is about expressing human experience, um, human emotion all over the spectrum, and uh, learning how to celebrate that and express that and find commonality with others. And I'd invite all of you to think to one of those moments where you heard or saw some form of artistic expression that really spoke to you, just reached right in and touched you and thought, that is my experience. And that's happened to me so many times in my life and so many times I've thought, oh my gosh, that person's from 500 years ago. How could they know what I was feeling yesterday? That's just impossible, you know. 
So for me, uh, taking years and years of history classes and song rep and choral literature, you do a lot of this kind of digging. And what became apparent to me as I got especially into my master's, especially in the history classes, is that uh, you know there were certain composers that I knew an awful lot about. I could tell you what Beethoven ate for breakfast on any given day of the week. And then there were certain composers that just weren't talked about. They weren't discussed, or it was kind of a hushed, ooh, they were different than the other composers, and that didn't ring true with me. I wanted to know as much as I possibly could um, about these, um, these wonderful artists. And uh, Rick, who is my colleague at Cal State Dominguez Hills and who has become a dear friend, um, we had a lot of conversations about this and how we might be able to be part of a change in that conversation with our own students and start to see artists as a whole take the good, the bad, and the ugly because you need to know all of that information to be able to bring uh, the music off of the page. And in particular, um, Rick had shared with me that his doctoral dissertation, his project, um, was lecturing on how um, music was affected by lifestyle and how you could actually look in the music and see, and he's talking about instrumental music even, you could see the way someone had chosen to live their life or the way they were oppressed and how they expressed that in their music. And so we decided to come up with, uh, develop what we're calling a symposium called Come Into the Light, where we examine these topics but in a, a light of celebration in a way to say to the LGBTQIA plus community that there is something to celebrate here and that we want to bring light to this topic and share this lovely vision and this lovely music talking about the whole being of the person. And so last night was our first event, and I hope a lot of you got to attend that lovely recital that Rick and Meg gave. It was really moving uh, for me, I, it was a lot of music I hadn't heard before, and they had the program notes up on the screen so you could be listening to the music and then reading and kind of rereading the experience of these composers. And to me, it was the ultimate of what we've been talking about for years yes. now. And it was so moving for me to see it and to feel a connection with this art and the people that created it. And I left feeling uplifted and and wonderful, and like I understood something I didn't understand before. Um, this morning is another extension of that because in our conversations we thought we need to talk about sacred music. Uh, and so everything that you're hearing this morning is is sacred music except for rhyme, but that fits in in a, a wonderful way as well. Um, but sacred music that was created by this community that we celebrate. Um, and we have, I have all of my uh, voice students at Cal State Dominguez Hills that are preparing a student voice recital. And it's all LGBT uh, songwriters, composers, lyricists, artists. Um, and then at the end of the semester, we have uh, a collaborative project with the dance department at Dominguez Hills uh, that we are going to be presenting. Um, I'm preparing the chamber singers in a Leonard Bernstein piece with dancers. Um, you and Meg are going to be playing Phoenix, which you heard last night with dancers. Um, I'm going to be doing a jazz uh, a suite of Stephen Sondheim. There's going to be all kinds of wonderful visual um, imagery and display of, of this topic. Um, and so uh, I hope that you can join us on this journey. I hope you'll think of uh, joining us for one of these other events, and I hope that this morning will uh, open up a dialogue 
and, uh, and help you see this music as, as a deeper experience. And um, Pastor Amy had uh, asked if maybe Rick would be willing to share some thoughts about this topic because I've been talking this whole time. And you've just been smiling at me. <laughs> I do that best. You do the best. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Every single day I make my living standing up and publicly speaking, and yet today I'm nervous. Um, um, and I think it's because Pastor Amy had asked that I share uh, not only about the topic that Don was uh, introducing so beautifully, but... Uh, share my personal experiences uh, growing up and um, coming to terms with my own self being gay and coming to terms with uh, what often appeared to be at odds with my spiritual self and what I knew my life was. And um, uh, so for that, that makes me just this tinge nervous. I'll start with the fact that I grew up in the conservative Baptist church in Boston, which in and of itself is quite odd. Uh, everyone in Boston is Irish Catholic or Italian Catholic. So uh, that already put us as a marginalized group, uh, my family. My uh, father uh, was, uh, uh, t- took Christ to his heart and was uh, saved and uh, brought us into that church. Um, from my childhood on, I can always remember being uh, told very clearly, God is love. And anything of God has to be of love. What I ended up finding, though, sometimes was that uh, we were, despite best intentions, not always coming through with that. And very often I would find myself in as a young man in the church growing up being confused with the message and what I was seeing us actually sometimes do. Um, I remember very clearly that uh, Wednesday nights was prayer meetings, and uh, we would often go. And at prayer meetings, we uh, we typically started by praying for the poor Catholics. Yeah, and 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 now I I you know I find I find humor in it. At the time, I was deeply saddened because the message for me was play for the poor Catholics ellipsis because they have it wrong, and then that would be accompanied by our Jewish brethren and because they have it wrong, and we've got it right, and it's our job to fix them. Um, somehow that didn't quite resonate for me right. That seemed off somehow. Are we not just to love them and let them live their lives? Um, as I grew older and became a teenager and began to wrestle with my own being gay, um, the, my church was, uh, well, shall we say, less than accepting. And I became one of those statistics where uh, church and my life were at odds and I had no place. So for someone who had been very involved and very involved with the music ministry, I suddenly found myself on the outskirts and um, uh, having very uh, interesting conversations uh, that went challengingly. But I kept going back to 
But God is love, and everything of God is love. I'm from God. How can I be bad? I kept continuing on with my life, and um, I, through life, found the um, sometimes, despite best intentions of religion and spirituality, we would weaponize it against people. And I found that deeply, deeply saddening. It became particularly um, poignant for me in my senior year of high school. I was walking home, and I was attacked by three high school students, and I was beaten with a bat. While they were doing that, they were saying various words I won't repeat, Um, But it was coupled with uh, abomination and I don't belong and I need to not be here. That was a challenge for me. God is love. And uh, that didn't seem loving. Fast forward through life, I ended up having a very circuitous spiritual route because I wasn't finding that uh, what we were saying meant what we were doing. And so I actually left the church for a long, long while and sought my own spirituality, and I became a very active and practicing Buddhist for well over a decade. And, and then sort of found myself finding my way back to the Christian church in, in, uh, within the Episcopal church. Um, but I've always, I've always felt on the outskirts. I was present while we were going through those battles of do we allow lesbian and gay people to be part of the church? Do we let them serve? Do we let them become priests or pastors? Um, uh, I've, been, I've lived through all of those. I, I watched our world change radically, I believe, for the better. I believe ultimately that those base words of God is love do do ring true. I've finally, just three years ago, three years ago, was given the opportunity to become married to the person I've been with for 18 years. That's radical change. And I am so celebrating that and where we have gone. Just this month alone, India repealed anti-gay laws and finally made it not against the law to be. At the end of the day, I think that we, as spiritual beings, as Christians or any other religion one might ascribe to, ultimately are all responsible for that very simple sentence. God is love. From there, if everything we are acting on is from there, we couldn't be anything other more than accepting and celebratory and look upon every face we see with awe and inspiration. It's that that allowed me to dig deeper into my dissertive process in my uh, doctoral work Uh, to help put on the concert with Meg last night and why we chose to share the music that we did. Because these important composers, 
who have quite literally used music and sound to change the world had their stories squashed and or fought through uh, sometimes very challenging and discriminatory processes and yet still stayed focused in love and creating good in this world. For me, at the end of the day, I believe in the bottom of my soul that that's the only reason to be here. If I'm not here to help create change and forward love and forward wonderful things in life, then why bother taking a breath? I don't mean by any means to have us feel down. I think sharing a story like this is uh, important. I was once told that uh, being in the closet, which is our way of uh, not letting our personal lives out, being in the closet was somehow allowing and actually acknowledging that there was something wrong because you were hiding part of yourself. And that perpetuated the myth that there was something wrong. Coming out was my process, and I was very, very lucky. Uh, I have found wonderful support and wonderful, uh, wonderful partners in life. But that's not true for everyone. I volunteer for the Lesbian and Gay Center in Hollywood uh, during the summers when I'm not teaching. And I volunteer uh, helping students uh, study for and pass their GEDs. But if we took a moment to realize why, in fact, that's happening, they're happening because they've been ousted from their homes. They've been shunned. They've been kicked out because they're gay or lesbian. And to sit and help someone understand the rudiments of English so they can pass a GED simply because they chose to be who they were is truly a sobering experience and, for me, an incredibly inspiring one. I come home every day uh, more alive than I ever was when I left to go to help. I believe deeply that we all are of God. And if that is the case, we are all love, because he is. So I would hope that my telling of this story, putting a bit of a face to a conversation around this, might help to make it understandable and real. It's not just happening to people far away. It happens right here in our midst. But we have a remarkable, remarkable opportunity to change life at every course, with every breath. I must say, I've been to this church many, many times through the years. I've performed here many times. I've luckily been invited by Don to be here for services many times. I walk into this building and I've never felt anything other than love and acceptance. 
From the very bottom of my heart, I must thank each and every one of you. God is love. <laughs>